Blog Talk Radio. Florida, went to Orlando, and 
I wore my Buckeye shirt because they were playing, playing Penn State that night. And a bunch of people just walked by, walked right past me and started saying 08. So I'm like, oh, man, this feels awesome, you know. <laughs> so I did the, the I.O. pose, I did the I.O. chant with them, and I'm like, it's so great to be in Orlando, thousands of miles from, from Columbus, Ohio, to still, you know, have these, uh, these Ohio State Buckeye fans around me, so it's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, being from Ohio, uh, you were able to um, kind of jumpstart your wrestling career uh, in the training center in Ohio. Uh, how did that come about? Um, so, growing up, like I've always known that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have papers. You know, that I wrote, I've written in kindergarten that. Say I want to be a pro wrestler, and I honestly do not remember watching pro wrestling that far back. Wow. Like, I must have known what it was. Um, but yeah, so I it kind of was what started off my career in amateur wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started off because I thought they were the same thing, and I really, really wanted to be in a ring. And it turns out that that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I stuck with it. And I got pretty good. Got my way. I went to Ashland University, uh, became a two-time All-American there, and I happened to find a gym in Mansfield, Ohio, called uh, the ASWA, currently being run by the living nightmare, Jimmy Lee, and I messaged him in 2010 and just said, you know, told him who I was and what I wanted to do, and I was actually started my professional wrestling career while I was still in college wrestling. Wow. So a lot of people, you know, it's really a, an honor and a privilege because a lot of people wait years and years and years uh, to, to, you know, get in a WWE opportunity. And it was only, what, a couple of years for you before you got recruited, right? Yeah, so uh, I started training in 2010. But as I said, like, I was still doing college wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I could only train for a little bit, and then I could have to take – you know, a whole season off to focus on my college wrestling, which is obviously what was more important at the time, uh, is being able to keep my scholarship and stay on top of my game. Mm -hmm. And so when my senior year rolled around, uh, I made it to nationals for the second time, and I was dead set on winning the whole tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, I won my national championship. I had already... Uh, earned an All-American status, taking fourth uh, the year before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, I, my mind was set. I was ready. I worked harder than I ever had. Probably the best, one of the best shape. Um, and I got a little cocky in the quarterfinals, and I slipped up, and I lost a match I should not have lost. The way that it's in college uh, on the second day, no matter what. So I had already earned another All-American status, but the best I could have done was third. Mm. I was not happy about that. Not, not one bit. I started wrestling for myself. I started purposely trying to hurt kids. Uh, I was uh, very close to illegal slams, trying to make kids tap out my anger through my wrestling there. What I didn't know was that Jerry Briscoe was in the crowd and all he saw was a pale white blonde hair. I kind of 
it luckily made an impact with him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, by uh, by the time I came up for my final match, I was wrestling a kid, and I was warming up, and randomly, I nobody he was there. He went and sat down next to the mat where I was going to be wrestling next to my mother. Absolutely anybody. And she starts talking to him, and, you know, uh, she's like, you know, what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, actually, I'm a WWE recruit. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God, no way. My son absolutely loves WWE. He wanted to be a professional wrestler his entire life, and, like, telling me to, to Briscoe right then and there. She's like, oh, God, that big blonde hair kid over there. She's like, no way. Like, that's my son. Business card. All my cockiness and confidence, everything went out the window, and I was just like a nervous little kid again. <laughs> yeah, of course. Match, not now, not in front of this guy. You're right. Um, and so now, like, I'm not focused on my match at all. Like, I just try to do impressive things, and I end up, you know, I won the match, took third place, and I just started doing uh, a series of Hulk Hogan pose downs right nice. there in the middle of the mat. Directly <laughs> nice. at Briscoe. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what to do. Put me in kind of good graces with him. Of course, yeah, that's the good way to that's the good, good way to do it. That's that's one of those things that just leaves a mark. You know, he's like, you know, if he's talking to you know fellow recruiters back in the office, he's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy who was doing the Hogan poses. You know, that's that, that really you know leaves a stamp as far as just creating memory for yourself. So that worked out very well. So came to NXT, uh, and you made your. Uh, debut in, in 2013 you were signing 12 and uh, came in 2013 now did they have anything uh, for you at that time because I know that you were more of an enhancement talent at that time uh, you actually teamed with fellow Ohioan uh, Angelo Dawkins who's uh, kind of rechristened himself to be a member of this the street profits nowadays um, how was it just uh, your early days in NXT uh, early days in NXT for me is like just trying to navigate and figure out who you are as a as a wrestler and a performer. Yeah. I know that you know you spent so long. I've been amateur wrestling you know for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Taught to show no emotion on your face, and you don't show pain and you don't show weakness ever. And if you're if you're tired and you're blown up. You know, you can't show it. You got to stand straight up. You got to run back to the center of the mat. And it's a completely different animal. And trying to figure out like who you are. Um, by the time I first 2013, I was black trunks. Yep. And that's all it was. Boot to the face from Lou Carper. At that time, and I, so I, you know, I'm fishing around. And I'm trying different, uh, different characters, and you know, trying trying to get led by Dusty as as, good, as well as possible. And this random kind of angry character. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. Terry Taylor came up to me after one of my promos and said, of uh, Nail, 
started watching a lot of jail movies and prisoner stuff. Started falling in love with Hannibal Lecter. And it started off this character with the bleach blonde hair and the half tuxedo singlet. And actually, a character I, I really enjoyed. And, you know, I sunk a lot of time and effort into it. And they said, you know, Victor, like, we like the creepiness of it. For us to put it on TV right now. Here. And I honestly just made me so angry in general. You know, you, you work so hard for something that's taken away from you. It really seems to be no reason. Yeah. Obviously, they had a reason behind it, but I was to understand it. Um, and so I went and talked to Dusty at that time. He said, you did this character for like a year. Give me the exact opposite. Give me what complete 180 opposite end of the spectrum, whatever you believe that is. And once again, you know, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, and so I'm like, all right. Really, really cheesily bad parody of Dusty Rose. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> nice. I, I went to promo class. I came out and I had just animal print bandanas everywhere. And, and I grew out just the, the worst mustache you'll ever see on man. <laughs> Myself, Big Sweet Sawyer. Nice. Big Sweet Sawyer. And it was just, it was. And all of my promos were, you know, you know, oh, candy is dandy and sugar is sweet, but not baby. <laughs> Just eating Dusty Rhodes. And he knew it, too. Called my bluff on it one day. And he, uh, baby, you got this. You're doing this here. I bet you 100 bucks you ain't never going to do this. And, you know, I'm like, really? And he called me out. He said, yeah. So that weekend... And I wrestled his big sweet Sawyer on both of them. And I come back, uh, you know, the next week. Uh, I'm going to try not not to cuss when doing Dusty Rose voice. But he's like, oh, this shit. Like, how did it? How did it? How did crowd react to you? And I'm like, I think they were rather confused because this is so different than what I was. And he's like, doesn't matter. Were they behind you? Do they understand? I'm like, by the end of the event, that's awesome. That's exactly what you should be looking for. That's exactly what you should be doing, baby. I love it. Never do it again. Exactly what you should be looking for. And like, I think that moment was one of the biggest just learning moments for me. Yeah. Didn't matter what you were doing. Then, like, all these things to impress WWE. Like, Dusty didn't care. He just cared, you know, how do the fans react to it? How did they like it? What do they respond to me? And that's why I started looking for what was going to get the right response and what were people going to understand about me as a person mm-hmm. from my character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was directly after that that we started going into the uh, black Mohawk amateur wrestling style character that ended up getting me teamed with Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And it's always, you know, fantastic to be under the learning tree of, you know, the legendary late great Dusty Rhodes, baby. You know, he's uh, one of my top three wrestlers of all time. And just, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was I, I looked at NWA and um, NWC, NWA and WWE, WWF at the time. But you know, I grew up in the early '80s, uh, early to mid '80s, and yeah, it's one of those things that um, it was something about NWA to me that just kind of stood out. It was wrestling based, but there were so many just characters that, like the promo was the the way to go. I mean, that's one of those things that you know I've I've, I've talked to so many people on this show, and so many people. Out of a hundred people I've talked to, I'd say at least half of them, you know, at least uh, at least a third of them, I would say, mentioned Dusty Rhodes as being instrumental in their career, and you know, just the art of the promo, and that's how it was in the NWA, and that's what it, that's what it should be now, uh, and, and uh, it's definitely awesome. Every single time is awesome to hear, you know, someone who was under the learning tree of Dusty Rhodes, baby, uh, because you know he was such. And, uh, such I think. Yeah, he was so instrumental. Extremely lucky just to mm-hmm. to have known and be able to like just sit in his office, just yeah. two of us, and just and I know how lucky I am as a person yep. that I've gotten to experience that. But I, I think one of my favorite things about learning with Dusty Rhodes is before every promo class story, uh, sometimes five minutes, sometimes he would go on, you know, a thirty minute just in depth story of and stories about his life. And there were so many times that you just knew everything he said the way it happened. Mm-hmm. Such conviction and, and and just the way he, he talks and delivers. There's absolutely no way you could have called him out on it. Right. Um, and uh, Cody's wife, he for a while, uh, Brandy, and he was telling the story. I don't know. He's like, that's not true at all. Completely lying. And he, I don't think he'd ever been called out on a lie before in front of us. Oh, Just like started backpedaling and got her, like got her, and to agree that it was pretty much true. Wow. That's one of the, the qualities about Dusty Rose. Like, you know, everybody knows delivers, but just listening to him tell stories is just one of the most amazing experiences in my career so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, that's, uh, you know, just you became a, uh, a, a prospect. Uh, you were eyed as far as being uh, a person uh, of interest and ended up landing the position of uh, sanity. Now, I interviewed Marcus Louis uh, earlier this year, I think it was, and you know he kind of he kind of you know took me through just the original thoughts of um, of sanity uh, that the the original three I believe were you him and Callahan um, who became Solomon Crow for for a brief moment at NXT. Now, what was it about another Ohio guy? Yes, that's right. Uh, he's a part of OVE right now, actually in Impact Wrestling. Um, yeah, and and so it it, it, I'm, it was he, he laid it out very well, and you know it's one of those things that um, I, I'm I'm intrigued, you know, based on what he said, 
I'm intrigued to know from your end, just as far as you were, you know, you know, you were also part of the original three. Now, c- couple things: was Nikki Cross still a part of that Sanity group, even when it was you, him, and Callahan, uh, or, or or not? And, and then the second thing is, uh, what what do you think? Why, why do you think WWE pulled the plug on? Uh, Callahan and, and Louis, and went with you, uh, Wolf, and Eric Young. Um, so that that whole situation started. You know, we had a lot of ideas, and everybody had, you know, everybody had something that they wanted to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And we we pitched a whole bunch of ideas with Joe Bel Castro. We're all feeling good about it, but like, just no, we never really came together. And I know one of the biggest things was Marcus and I were both very worried that it was just going to become a machine to to push Sammy. And Sammy's one of my best friends, um, but worried that we're just going to become nameless lackeys uh. to Sammy's, uh, I guess, Raven. I see. I see. Yeah, that and sense. and that to me, like, that worried me so so much. And that's how it seemed it was going. That's just how it seemed it was being pushed. And we started butting heads. I'm really good friends with Sammy, and we would ride together to all, all these shows, heads on everything when we would never do it before, mm-hmm. and started. You know, the tension was obviously building between us. I know he was frustrated that he knew he was good enough or of everyone else being used. And I see him, they just weren't using him that way. And I think he meant, and I think that was just the, the breaking point of, you know what? No, like friends over this. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to ruin and I want to prove to them that I'm worth more and he called me, you know, the night before to let me know what he was doing. And he apologized to me. He's like, I hope this doesn't screw you over in the law. And, you know, obviously to me, like, came to me like a man and he said it. And, like, we, we apologize. And, you know, he bet on himself. And I think that was one of the most amazing things I think I'd ever seen. Yeah. After that, November... They release Marcus Louis, mm-hmm. and once again, you know, I'm back out on my own. I really don't, you know, I have no idea, and I'm I'm playing around with this character. I figured you you want this spoken ace type character, I'm just gonna do it on my own, you know. So that is when I started my dreads at that, that time, and I was doing single stuff. We come to a show in Bartow, and they need, I think, uh, it's supposed, originally supposed to be Authors of Pain versus Hype Bros. The Pain were sick, or at least one of them was. Just put myself and Alexander Wolf together to go out and do this match. And Alexander Wolf and I, for never wrestling as a team before, had really good chemistry. 
way better than we should have had at that time. Mm-hmm. And we get to the back, and Norman Smiley comes up to us. He's like, good team. Like, you guys should really consider this. And as a joke at that time, like, Norman, like, you've seen my tag team partners. Your tag teams don't work out well for me. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we, we got to the point where we were kind of fully functional as a tag team. And we got that sometimes Wolf would forget that I don't speak German. Give me commands in German. And I remember there's after one show, he told me to, I didn't do it. And we get to the back, and he started yelling. He's like, why did you do that? I'm like, because I don't speak German. I don't know what you're telling me. Nothing so um, You know, because we, we just got on that level of being able to communicate and talk with each other. So, you know, we started ironing out this, the, once again, what would become sanity. Almost later that they told us that we were going to be given a given a leader and that they're bringing someone in but we weren't told I don't think at that point anything was set Um, and then two or three months before the vignette started airing Eric and Eric was incredible to work with especially putting this together Um, because I don't really feel like Wolf and I had for our tag team in this group we're going to get taken seriously and Eric went out of his way to what we wanted and then Hunter and Joe with those ideas and pitched them as our ideas I, I know having him as a mouthpiece in that regard like really 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 helped us out in becoming who we were yeah. And just ironing out, you know, our wrestling and what we were able to do in the ring. I know Eric was just amazing for everything that had. And what's funny, he brought up Nikki Cross at that time. Find out about, well, I think Eric knew a little bit beforehand. Nikki Cross until TV's the day of her debut. And didn't find out about Nikki Cross being part of Sanity. Arrived for the day we debuted. And it was actually like she went to Walmart and got jeans and a hoodie and a jacket. Had, you know, an hour before the show. (laughs) And it was just, it was one of those things. And, I mean, you see how she is now. Like, she couldn't have been a more perfect fit. Oh, of and Absolutely. This and run with it. And just everything that she's been doing is, well, like, even even today, like, one of my favorite female performers to watch in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she's uh, doing, she's, she's making some, some awesome traction and headway in the um, women's division in NXT. So, of course, we know that you were unfortunately released about a month and a half ago. And, um, you know, you wrote a very awesome memo that, uh, uh, you know, as, just as a business person, that was a, a wonderful way to 
kind of uh, gracefully exit uh, the company, just really thanking the people and just you know just really giving WWE you know a lot of um, a lot of gratitude for uh, your opportunity. And I believe at the end of it, you were talking about you know this is not the last time you'll see uh, you know uh, yourself. Uh, and so what I mean, what what are your goals as far as I know that you know, you're going to be still competing and and you know you still do. Uh, just what are your goals? I mean, do you do you really really want to kind of get to that point where you know WWE does find something else for you? Or do you still try to contact them? Uh, I know that uh, you know with your size and your ability, uh, there's so many things that can be done you know with you. Just even as a standalone wrestler uh, in NXT, you have people like you know the Lars Sullivan's of this world that uh, are big, you know, uh, brawly, intimidating characters uh, that are doing very well. Uh, NXT is definitely an amazing platform to really develop stars, as we've seen with, like, Sullivan, with, of course, with Vel- Velveteen Dream. Uh, just, I mean, what are, what are your just your goals as far as just the next uh, few years? So, I agree with everybody it was definitely explained to me and we agreed that just there's and I basically would have been starting from square one and at that point I and, and honestly it was just time and it wasn't it wasn't malice like I hold no salt against WWE you know because I learned so much and I've grown so much as a performer um, that being said, a lot of people, actually, a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, if they said, you do this, like, can you come back? I don't know if I would. Mm. Not right now. Um, I, for me, there's so many things that I want to accomplish outside of WWE. I want to go out and I want to be able to make a name for myself. And I want people the big guy with dreadlocks from Sanity. I want people to know me as a performer and to know that I can hang with the best of them. Mm-hmm. But if, uh, you know, given the chances, and, you know, uh, it's always been a dream of mine to travel the world and perform in these different places. Yeah. Mexico and Japan and experience the culture and what, you know, what, what I need to do. And, you know, I started taking both lessons in Spanish and Japanese just to learn a bit more and be more functional as a wrestler if if given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested I, I want to in, learn, I want to develop and, Yeah, would you be interested in joining the Bullet Club? Say I want to use a bit of that sanity character. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I wanna I want to use some of that sanity character but then eventually to more of me and more of who I believe I am, you know, and I know I have so many different friends and people I can go learn from. And, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm learning the network side of everything right now. And that's something I want to know. I want to figure out my own worth and just, I don't know. Everything for me right now is a learning process. And I, yeah, of course. The end-all goal, 
I want to be a great wrestler. And that's, that's just it. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to stamp my legacy into what professional wrestling is. Absolutely. And just a big step for that. I think this is disguise. I don't, I don't know if I ever would have needed to prove my worth had I not been injured. And, you know, it's, at, at the end of the day, like, that guaranteed check is nice, but to everybody, I want to prove to the world, I want to prove to professional wrestling that jacked up country boy from, you know, Northwest, uh, Northwest Ohio can, can do something that can really prove himself. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So my question uh, that, I, that I asked was, um, would you be interested in joining Bullet Club? One more time, please. Would you be interested in joining Bullet Club? Um, extended the offer, but I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't even know if they know too much about me. I, I, obviously, I've met, you know, who, who's part of that, but I don't know, you know, I, I guess that's one of those questions that, bridge when you get to it yeah yeah because i you definitely sort of you definitely make a, a amazing uh jab a new japan star i mean i think you just fit well not not so sure about the bullet club but there's so many different uh you know new japan uh clicks you know a good friend of mine lance hoyt's a member of suzuki goon uh and uh, there's so many different uh uh, you know, factions. They're all about factions in, in New Japan, which I absolutely love. Let the listeners know where they can find you on social media. Um, uh, my Instagram and my Twitter are still both WWE, uh, but I will be changing those uh, at the beginning of the new year. Also on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Madman Fulton. Um, yeah, and it, you know, I'm trying to do better with on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, I, I want to be able to let fans in. I People want to tweet me or comment on my stuff and, and what you think about me, you know. Is, is those things. Critiques are what help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I, I want to be want to be more in touch with my fans. I want to be able to, you know, and, and do what's going to, you know, the things I heard about the Giant was... You know, he had a quote that said, I just want to make people happy. And that's always resonated with me. Like, I want to be able to, I want to be able to, someone, like, the way I was inspired. Mm-hmm. Professional wrestling, honestly, has led me to, and I think it's the whole reason I even did well in school and that I, you know, that I went to college even was inspired to start 
career through pro wrestling. Yeah. And I want to be able to do that for other people. I want people, you know, to see and be like, yeah, you know, he's out here, you know, grinding and he's doing everything he can. I can go out there and grind. I can make, I can make things happen in my life, even if it's not going the way I want it to. You know, I want people to be able to see, like, and he had the opportunity and it fell short. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. He didn't curl up into a hole and die. Mm-hmm. He made something for himself. And I, I want I want to be able to do that for other people. Absolutely. And there are many, you know, many opportunities in the independent circuit. Nowadays, you know, there's so many people who have left the WWE and are actually doing, you know, are happier in the independent circuit and they grow their stock, you know, to, to come back in the WWE. We, we specifically saw that with the Drew McIntyre. So, you know, everything everything do well. You know, you're you're still relatively young in the game. I mean, you got seven years under your belt, which is fantastic. And uh, you're just, uh, there's so much more left in you. You know, you haven't even reached 30 yet. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's so much left, um, you know, that's uh, in your pro wrestling career, and I think you'll do fantastic, man. I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank you for for this interview. And You know, I know you're an Ohio guy. I believe the next time I will be in Ohio is February 10th in Mansfield. Nice. For, for all my Ohio fans that and see me at ASWA running in Mansfield would definitely be an excellent show to come watch. Sounds good. Uh, just uh, let me know, and uh, hopefully we can, we can connect and uh, take it from there, man. Uh, I'll be uh, awesome. It'll be, it'll be great to have another interview maybe uh, live, um, you know, at the, at the location. Yeah, that'd be great. Sounds good. Appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Have a good night. You too, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for Sawyer Fulton, former Sandy member, NXT uh, uh, mainstay for, I think he stayed for about five years at NXT, Sawyer Fulton. Uh, yeah, man, he he made a lot of traction, made a lot of headway. He's only 27 years old, so he's got plenty of time left, and, uh, you know, he was released, but... As we saw with uh, with Drew McIntyre, as we're seeing with uh, with Cody, um, there's a lot of people who you know have been released. I mean, look look at Jack Swagger; he's about to be in MMA. So just because nowadays, you know, it's not like it used to be. The independent circuit is uh, is doing quite well nowadays, and you know, nowadays is uh, it's not as bad as it used to be as far as uh, being released from the from the WWE, uh, as we, like I said, as we, as we see with Jack Swagger, he's starting an MMA career. So he's doing a, a fantastic job there. So, um, already got some, already got some questions. Uh, we're going to be answering those, uh, here shortly. In the meantime, in between time, let's welcome the co-host with the most Evan tech proud. How are you tonight, sir? Doing better, man. How you feeling? Doing great, man. Doing great. It's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> we're back in full force and better than ever. Everything's going yes. uh, very well. 
in the in the studio and the show is uh is is back in in, in full force and uh it's great great to be here um my daughter is uh, two weeks old now and yeah um <laughs> I need she to come <laughs> yeah i i you Mari, I knew you'd come. <laughs> so it's great to have you. Got a lot of support. I uh, re- appreciate all the, you know, all the texts, all the messages. Yeah. Um, this is my third uh, third child and, and first daughter. So uh, she's going to be a daddy's girl and, you know, you're going to be wrapped around be. her. And... <laughs> yeah. She's be a so I keep hearing girl, that. Though. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm just very, very blessed. Um, and we're live stream right now with Wrestling Rumors. Uh, so if you are uh, watching, thank you so much. We got so much. We got an action-packed show tonight. We also got a bunch of trivia. Uh, we're about five, about six weeks out to the Royal Rumble. Five, six weeks out to the Royal Rumble. Um, so we're going to do some early trivia. We're going to do 88, 89, 90, and 91. So four years of Royal Rumble trivia uh, that we're going to do. So uh, stay tuned. And, of course, we've got our WWE news and rumors and all types of fantastic stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, we've got some headlines to talk about. So this is All right, so let's talk about Rich Swan. Um, he was yeah. he was arrested. I wrote a, a couple of very extensive pieces on this. So he was he was arrested um, at okay. So here here basically what happened was downtown. They're in downtown Gainesville, Florida. Uh, his wife uh, goes by the uh, independent name. Uh, he she's a wrestler too. She goes by Sue Young, in the independent circuit. And basically, what happened was there was um, there was a show that she was competing at downtown, um, and downtown Gainesville. I think it was called like the eight second spot, the eight second or something, something like that. And so basically, or there was some conflict that was going on. Uh, Rich Swan and Sue Young were in the in the in the car, and Rich was basically upset that um, he was basically critiquing Sue's match, and you know, and it's, and it's, it's so crazy to to really to look at this from an objective standpoint. It's basically saying that Rich Swan went to jail because wrestling is so real to them. You know, what I mean, that's basically what it boils so down real. to. It, it started. So it started over arguing over about a match, and so they they got an argument. It, it escalated. It intensified, and basically after that. Um, Sue Young uh, reportedly hopped out the car, and that led so so she le- she hopped out the car to prevent any type of further escalation. She was afraid that it was going to go to to physical violence, 
and uh, you know she said it on the on the police police report, but that he's prone to to have a temper, and so basically all of those variables cause her to uh, to, to to leave uh, to to hop out the car, and so he hops out the car, he pulls her arm, he. Uh, puts her in a headlock, forces her back in the car. This is based on all the the police report. There was a witness that uh, tested that, or two witnesses, uh, one attest to the the headlock spot. Uh, another witness said that the car was moving and hit a pole or something, something to that nature. So he was arrested, and uh, he was he was later released. Um, under the condition that uh, he doesn't belittle, um, it, it was a, it was a, basically he couldn't do any type of um, harmful, direct or indirect. Um, con- it, I think it was quoted uh, indirect or direct hostile contact. So that means that they could still live together, but. Um, she, but he couldn't threaten her. He couldn't belittle her. He couldn't argue with her. And if he did any of those variables, basically he, you know, resented. He would he would have resented his release agreement, in which he would have had to, you know, uh, be reprimanded accordingly. So he's out of jail. However, he's suspended from the WWE indefinitely because of the zero tolerance of the zero tolerance policy. He's suspended from them indirect. He's suspended from them indefinitely. Cleared from the charges. He's eligible to come back if he is charged with anything. He's you know he's basically terminated on the spot. Uh, so as of now, uh, you know there's there's reports that uh, basically observers said that uh, it, it they don't. It's not it's not expected to see Rich Swan back. They kind of blew they kind of blew it off on Raw. Um, you know, he he was supposed to be one of the people who he I mean he won the four way. Was supposed to go and get, go against Drew Gulak to determine the number one contender, and they basically just blew it off. And um, that's where he is now. I mean, uh, it's it's sad. I mean, like I said at the yeah, end of the day. Sad. This happened because of of a wrestling match critique. So real talk, it's insane to me. Yeah, you know, of course he's uh, you know, Richie Swan is from here, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I spoke yeah, to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually ran into him in Mania, but he was at Mania this year. Um, I found out, um, ironically, that my cousin. Um, was married to his brother for a good number of years, which I had no, no, no idea about. But, it, you know, it's so real. You can just heat it. Um, and I've heard the same thing about uh, some people attest to him putting his wife in the headlock. Some people attest that he doesn't. Of course, with all of the allegations of the sexual assault, sexual harassment that's going on, it seems like that's like the next trend for somebody to get you know, if someone to get charged with some kind of allegation sexually, that's the last thing that uh, you would definitely want on your record. So um, only God knows what really happened. Uh, and one thing's for sure was some kind of altercation. Uh, hopefully, um, 
and get himself together, and we might see him back on TV. I mean, people have come back from worse things um, from this. But, of course, it's all about time, and as we know in media. So the time, it couldn't be any worse for him. So um, he, he was one of the few people that had charisma in 205 Live, as we know. One of the few people that didn't look like just a bunch of dollar store action figures jumping around in the ring. You know, he had a following, he was dancing, and he had a nice run as Cruiserweight champ for Neville. Um, took it over. So they kind of look, look at the state of 205 Live, you know, small and suspended to further notice. Neville, you know, isn't on TV. Austin Aries isn't there. So it's kind of like, you know, and then, of course, Rockstar Slut is supposed to be debuting uh, next week or so. So uh, 205 Live definitely needs a, um, as you say, a touch of a rival, um, you know, for, for people to watch them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I certainly wish that, uh, you know, I, I wish that it straightened out. I, I really, um, uh, Robert just asked, so we're talking, we're talking about Rich Swan right now. Uh, Rich Swan's uh, arrest and, and, and WWE suspension at this point. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, at the at, at the end of the day, uh, my, 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 my futon is being over on my studio. So I'll, um, I actually step aside. There you go. It has, a, it has, it has three belts on the, my, my futon in my, in my studio. It has the, uh, world heavyweight championship, the current WWE championship and, um, and the uh, the Attitude Era WWE Championship on there, um, but yeah, like that, though, I, I think I mean, yeah. Like that, though, the Attitude um, Era. Uh, I love, I love I, the I love the Attitude Era belt. I love it. I, I, like I really it. do. Um, I don't like yeah. it. It's not uh, the ugliest belt, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I love I love the Attitude Era belt. It's um. I texted my favorite one. Um, I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I don't. I didn't like the undisputed title, the one that JBL had. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't like this. Um, the wing, the, the wing yeah, eagle was his default. It was the wing, wing eagle was okay. Was yeah, yeah. It was just the wing eagle was just okay to me. It's 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 legendary. It's traditional. But I wasn't a big fan altogether. I wasn't a huge fan of the Winged Eagle. So, um, yeah, the Attitude Era belt was, you know, the world, the, the big gold belt is the, the GOAT for me. Um, and, um, yeah, and then the Attitude Era, that, that one was good as well. Um, Edge's belt, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of the Rated R uh, Wait, spinner belt. Title, I, I wasn't fan of the spinner belt at all. I think the spinner belt was just a. a terrible, I never said this publicly, idea. but I never said this publicly, but I'm in very strong consideration. But I'm sure fans listening, you can get your thoughts. Actually, getting a replica of that big, fat, ugly green belt, the one that Hogan wore from the WWF, the belt <laughs> that he when he first be eyeshadowed. What belt I'm talking about? That big green one. Yeah, Only because no one talks about the belt. It's like the stepchild belt or the foster child belt. I, I don't have to get a copy of that. Yeah. No one. Uh, I've seen no one at any wrestling show. We've been backstage at shows, conventions. 
I've yet to see any fan, anybody in the media walking on for up before they go. So I think I'll be the first. Put it up in my room. Yeah, my that was one. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Nice. Uh, I got a question. Uh, uh, what was um, what was the starting? Uh, let's see. What Rich Swan got arrested for? He got arrested for false imprisonment and assault and battery, I believe. Um, so here's the question. Here's the first question of the night. Um, here we go. Who won the 1991 Royal Rumble? And who did he last eliminate? Who won the 1991 Royal Rumble? And who did he last eliminate? That is the question on deck right now. Who won the two part? It's a two parter. Who won the 1991 Royal Rumble? And who did he last eliminate? Uh, I think you know, if if the charges are dropped, which you know they may be, probably will be. I really think at the end of the day that uh, uh, even if he's not with the WWE, I think Swan would do very well um, in the independence because, you know, he came from Evolve and PWG um, so and CZW. So I think that, um, you know, he'll, he'll definitely do well in the Indies. Uh, I can definitely see him back. I can definitely see him in Ring of Honor uh, for sure. So the next uh, next headline is uh, the Pontiac Silverdome implodes. Uh, it was in Pontiac. It was the you know of course it was the the sporting uh, uh, venue for the Detroit Lions for for quite some time. Uh, it was really active from like seventy five to like two thousand and two, and then um, the Lions moved over to Detroit, which is about a half an hour away from Pontiac, and it was used sparsely, uh, you know, for the past 15 years. They went to do some renovations on a few few years back, so they put some money into it. Uh, a, uh, I think a private company bought it. Um, they were going to put some money into it and do some renovations, but uh, basically there were some roofing issues that, that, was, that really kind of uh, made it almost irreparable. Uh, and so what happened was uh, that – they just came to the point where the mayor was like, "Hey, it'd be a better presentation if uh, this is if this is no longer, um, you know, for potential future reference uh, to to build something. There's no, of course, there's no type of uh, um, guarantee that uh, another venue would be built up. But as far as just uh, that spot being open for whatever it is, so they went ahead and imploded it." And I think it was absolutely hilarious that one of the news uh, stations was covering it. Um, well, that was the Georgia Dome. Uh, I think that that was funny. One of the news stations was covering it, and the yeah. bus got right, got right. But the funny thing, the the funny thing about that was that was the Georgia Dome. The funny thing about this one is, they were a bunch of outlets were doing coverage uh, as far as the implosion, and the first time it didn't even implode. There was some wiring that uh, affected the detonation, and it didn't even implode the first time. And so, <laughs> the me- media, the news, and media—they're uh, not doing very well <laughs> with the, with <laughs> implosions of uh, of stadiums. But the second time ended up working uh, well, and uh, we no longer have the the, the Pontiac uh, the Pontiac Silverdome. 
uh, host of WrestleMania three. So, uh, you know, it's one it's one of those things that uh, WrestleMania three is one of the most memorable, um, the most the most memorable uh, WrestleMania of all time. Uh, Hogan and Andre. That was uh, that yeah. was an amazing amazing match. Um, not you know as far as text textbook. Catch this catch can, Ramona. Uh, what is the deal with people in this couch stuff? I have no idea. So <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, and Taylor, the Yep movements. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, Shy Hulk Hogan eliminated Earthquake, and someone else said Kevin Hulk Hulk Hogan eliminated Earthquake. Good jobs, Hulk Hogan, and he eliminated. Earthquake. Great job. Great job. Next question. Next question. Here we go. Here is the next question of the evening. Who came up with the idea of the Royal Rumble match? Who came up with the idea of the Royal Rumble match? All right. So uh, the the Silver Dome, uh, Hulk Hogan uh, actually... He mistakenly said Silverdome when he was in the Superdome. Yeah, he did. <laughs> when he was oh, in New Orleans at the 30, called it the Silverdome. Uh, he was having a little bit more, a uh, lo- little bit too much nostalgia at that time. Yeah, uh, brother. But, you know, it was good while it lasted, you know, and um, I-, I definitely don't see, I definitely didn't see uh, WrestleMania going back there anytime soon. If anything, it would have it would go to Ford Field in Detroit, so I definitely you know, you know, uh, Russell, WrestleMania wasn't going to go back there uh, if it went to Michigan, if it went to the Detroit area. So it left a stamp in history. WrestleMania three yeah. was there and uh, ninety three thousand strong. Well, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, shout out to my social media manager Saltine, who actually <laughs> just sent me this. Uh, the name of the road that the Silver Dome is on is the same name as yours, Featherstone Road. Twelve hundred Featherstone Road. Yeah, I think I've heard. So I yeah, I think I've. I, th- I didn't think it was one of Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How <laughs> ironic, brother. Very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, very ironic. I agree. Um. So yeah, great. Uh, okay, we got a bunch of uh, correct answers. So we got uh, Chris. We got Paul. Um, we got Wendy, we got Shy, um, Kevin, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson is the correct answer. Great job. Uh, so yeah, and so so next week, yeah. So 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 next we got the RVD. RVD is not allowed to compete in the WWE anymore. Uh, basically, the deal is with him. It was cre- it was uh, reported by the Blast. Um, that's basically because of the because of the really really strict concussion protocol. Um, it's basically he's not he won't be cleared. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's uh, similar with Christian because they have a really tough you know which they should be, you know especially I wrote, actually wrote a, a paper a really extensive paper that I tried to get uh, published and I'm still going to try to get it published uh, uh, as far as um, a uh, peer-reviewed journal 
I wrote a very extensive paper about Chris Benoit and uh, the personality disorders and CTE. And yes. uh, CTE is a, is a <laughs> it is a really serious thing. And I don't know if, if any I don't know if anybody ever watched the movie Concussion um, yes. with Will Smith. That movie is absolutely phenomenal. It's very sad, but it was well, well, well done. It really opened the eyes. It, it just it opened my eyes. You know, I, I've talked to a bunch of other people about it. It just really opened um, up just the, the thoughts of um, CTE and just how important it is yeah. and just how just the, the effects of CTE and how people just really have battles with uh, just depression and anxiety and hallucination, and because of that, the suicide rate uh, for for football players um, is just really really sad. And you know, so WWE reasonably so um, they've had a, a really tight concussion protocol. Of course, we know that was the reason why Daniel Bryan can't get cleared to come back, despite being cleared by multiple other doctors. The WWE doctor hasn't cleared them yet, so uh, you know. And I think with RVD, he's uh, approaching 50 years old, and uh, you know he's been in the game for a while. Uh, he, you know, he was yeah. just kind of used as a utility player when he was there before a few years back in 2014. Uh, really, the 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 biggest type of angle he had was when he was feuding with Alberto Del Rio, and then if Ricardo Rodriguez end up. Um, Leaving Del Rio and, and, and announcing for uh, R, uh, RVD, I had Rodriguez on the show uh, before to discuss that. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's always good to see RVD. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, he's doing he's doing well in Independence. Uh, I actually uh, spoke with him at um, uh, at the Shenanigans uh, event, uh, WrestleMania weekend, and. Um, so yeah. he's he's still doing well in independence. You know, he's going to be on Five Star Wrestling. I speak to Dan um, frequently, uh, the promoter for Five Star. He's been on the show before. And so he's, you know, he's doing well. The only thing, yeah. is, according to the article, the biggest thing with RVD no, is that he's, he's really, he's in a really tough legal battle with his, with his ex-wife. And because yeah. he does get that WWE check, it's really... He's really taking a hit financially because of that. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that he's dealing with right now, as far as just not being a part of the WWE. But I mean, I think that um, you know he could he get a, you know, a, a role. Yeah, I mean, he could get a role in the performance center. You know, there's there's plenty of opp- opportunities nowadays for ex wrestlers, you know, to to be employed in the WWE. Uh, so, um. You know, hopefully all the legal stuff works out for him, uh, but you know he he's not allowed to compete in the WWE anymore. Yeah, I mean RVD's um, besides his legal battles, yeah, you know we talked to him at the same time. You know, he's a good guy. He's a big enough name, baby. So he should be good. You know, if he should be yeah. good. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I always like RVD. Well, I like RVD back in the ECW days. I was a little worried about him when he made the transition to ECW to WWE, but he transcended well. He, you know, he his matches with Jeff Hardy, um, we'll the ladder matches, and 
matches he had with Austin and Edge and Eddie. Uh, they definitely like him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, here's the next question. Who did Ted DiBiase and Virgil defeat at Royal Rumble 1991? Who did Ted DiBiase and Virgil defeat at Royal Rumble 1991? All right, so the next uh, the next headline for tonight is uh, another possible Impact Wrestling departure. Um, you know, it's one of those things uh, that uh, Impact so Wrestling is. Um, it is a really, yeah. really sad state. And um, yikes, <laughs> Impact Wrestling is, is just really, really, really tough. Um, and I think um, it was up to about 40, as of about a couple months ago, it was up to about 40 uh, releases in this year. Um, and yeah. if you count, the thing is, if you count, you know, names like Mike and Maria Canellis and uh, uh, Drew oh, McIntyre, he, he was there. He was there when he was Jugawa. He was there at the beginning of the year. Um, <clears throat> Earl Hebner, I think Brian Hebner is gone to. Um, of course, James Storm just left. Um, there's uh, there's talks Magnus. of you know Lashley and uh, EC3. Their contracts coming up because, uh, like I said on the show before. It's basically a per day contract. Anthem's, you know, kind of issuing out per day contracts now. They're not doing any type of lucrative annual contracts. So that really is a huge blow for the main event talent who's been there for a while, like like a James Storm, because yeah, he's been you know they want that annual contract, r- rightfully so, because a lot of the you know for for a lot of time. Anthem, you know, had control of where they could be booked for as far as the independence is concerned. Uh, nowadays, you, you know, because of Anthem, they only, they only tape, you know, a couple times a year for months, you know, for, for months on end. So they have a little bit more kind of opportunity to, to do other, you know, events. But still, I mean, just – it just goes to show that impact is in a dire financial strait at this point. I mean, they to get rid of forty, you know, talent, and you know, you you get rid of James Storm. I mean, he was one of your pioneers for the company, and you couldn't, you, know, you couldn't, yeah. I mean, from the very beginning, and then he goes to NXT for a hiccup, and comes back to Impact Wrestling because of the the money deal, and. Now you still can't afford them. And so now, you know, there's talks of Eddie Edwards' contract. He, I think his contract's up in a couple months. Um, you know, he was former, you know, Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, former X Division Champion, Tag Team Champion, um, finalist, you know, in the uh, the Grand Championship Tournament. And he's a, you know, he'd be a big loss. And so, you know, I talked to Angela Love a couple weeks ago. You know, she was she left basically because they just weren't treating the veterans the same. I mean, I talked to Magnus on the show as well. He said the same thing. It was an embarrassing offer that he got. Um, he was very, you know, very upfront as far as his financial deal um, when it came to Impact Wrestling. So, it's it's a sad state in Impact Wrestling right now, and I definitely think you know. Uh, it, it's going to be real tough, kind of 
keeping a company afloat with selling talent that they're having, you know, their, their contracts are based on when they compete per day. I mean, you have, I'm sure you have uber lucrative contracts like an El Patron, like a John Morrison or Johnny Impact, but it's like, do you have, is it worth having a big lucrative contract for someone like Alberto El Patron if you're doing, if you're doing away with, you know, with heavy hitters like James Storm and potentially Lashley and Eddie Edwards and EC3? It's like, it's kind of like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul at this point, you know, and it's just a, such a financial exactly. setback. And it doesn't, what's, what's next for Impact Wrestling, unfortunately? And it's the Exodus, apparently. Everyone that went against TNA and IWC and talked about TNA doesn't do this, that, and the other. Sadly, the, the end of days are upon us with TNA when it's officially gone. We all have friends that has worked or still do work for the company. Yeah. The fans are really going to feel it. Like it's the like Armageddon. Yeah, like the Armageddon theme song. The end is here. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, got some uh, got some correct answers. Good job, Roberts. Um, good job. I think somebody else said it. Andrew, great job. Kevin as well. Uh, Dust, Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. Got a comment that says, uh, WWE needs James Storm. If he can skip NXT, they need a Stone Cold type of guy. Um, I don't think that James Storm would work as a Stone Cold type of figure. Um, uh, it would kind of scream, you know, kind of, uh, you know, type of type of deal. And WWE Universe isn't isn't necessarily buying that. Um, I think he'll I think he'll do really good in NXT. Here's the next question. Here we go. Who defeated the Ultimate Warrior to become WWE champion? At Royal Rumble 1991, who defeated the Ultimate Warrior to become WWE Champion at Royal Rumble 1991? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our next segment, which is the Raw and SmackDown review. We will be right back. SmackDown thoughts for this week. I thought Raw was Raw was okay. Uh, I do I do enjoy how 
They kept really promoting Braun Strowman yeah. against Kane. They even did a tale with the tape. Right. Which is something they did <laughs> back on the regular SmackDown. I, I, I thought Raw was decent. Um, The ending was a little confusing. There's an account out. And Braun is the power slam through the table. It's just, you know, a little confusing. And we know Kane, Kane last days are coming because he's going to be there. Mayor Kane, probably with those same Catholic slacks he had on uh, when he was corporate Kane. Uh, sadly, did not get a chance to watch SmackDown, of course, due to me being on air for my show. Um, uh, but I did get note that uh, Breeze, uh, with Breeze Dango will be going against, um, what, what do you call the guy? The Bludgeon Brothers. I'm still going to call him Owens. Yeah. Um, the Bludgeon <laughs> Brothers. We're saying the Bludgeon Brothers. Which I, I'm looking forward to seeing, but I said I didn't get a chance to see anything else with SmackDown. I get Raw about an average, about C plus. I wasn't bored about Raw, but I've seen better Raws. Yeah, it was. Um, real quick, a host of correct answers. Great job, Sergeant Slaughter is the correct answer, and that's in order. I pause for a bit to do my chin. Yeah. And that's an honor. <laughs> DX used to uh, have like the, remember DX yeah. had the little shield we used to spit all the time. I thought it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, and with the windshield uh, wiper. <laughs> the windshield, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really, really, really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, – you know, it's one of those things that, uh, not, you know, for, for Nakamura to, to lose against uh, uh, to Kevin Owens, I mean, to uh, I don't know. I just – okay, so here's, here's, my, here's my thing. Here's, here's my thing. Uh, I think that – I think that Nakamura – my early prediction, I think that Nakamura is going to win um, the uh, Royal Rumble. So that's, that's my early prediction. Um, and Rusev and Aiden, Aiden English. What's that? I thought to say that too, Nakamura won a rumble. Damn, we found the star. Can he fight the snow? Yeah, so uh, that, he's that's that's my goal. I, I mean, that's, that's my prediction is, uh, is 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 Nakamura is Nakamura winning the the Royal Rumble. Um, it says um, got a bunch of comments here. Uh, Daniel Bryan will allow Kevin and Sami Zayn to beat Randy. Um. That, that's the talk. That's the talk that um, that Daniel Bryan's going to make the heel turn at Class of Champions. We'll see. We got Class of the Champions predictions here coming up, and we're on Flavor of the Week. Also, we're going to talk about uh, the top five WWE moments of all of the times. Top five WWE moments of all time. Um, so yeah, I mean. For this to be a go home show, uh, it, it goes to show 
I don't know. It's one of those things that uh, if there's going to be some controversy of of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning because of Daniel Bryan or because of Shane McMahon, I don't know how I feel about Nakamura just kind of uh, losing. You know, kind of kind of losing. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, shout out to Colin Delaney. I uh, <laughs> I looked at the the interview with Colin Delaney. Um, Following SmackDown, and he looks he looks like a wrestler now. Actually, uh, grew he grew a beard. He grew a full beard, cut his hair off. Um, you know they you still jobbed out against the Bludgeon Brothers, but you know it's funny because they actually WWE actually interviewed Colin Delaney. You know he kept saying he's been gone almost ten years. Last time he was in the WWE was. ECW in 2008, and so uh, as soon as I saw that interview, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's cool to see Colin, Colin Delaney. He looks different. He looks much different. He looks much more like a wrestler now. However, I thought like, okay, so are, what's the point of getting rid of James Ellsworth if you're going to bring another small guy, jobber style to the to the promotion? To me, that made absolutely no sense. If if Colin Del- if Colin Delaney will be on SmackDown TV for more than just tonight as a job guy, to me that makes absolutely no sense uh, of why they would get rid of Ellsworth and, and, and do that. So doesn't doesn't make sense. Um. So so okay. So we got some comments talking about uh, um. Delete uh, the the Woken Woken yes woken. Matt Hardy, um, you know he had his premonition, and now he's Woken yes. Um, I like it. I like uh, you know it's one of those things that uh, here's my biggest criticism with Woken Matt Hardy as opposed to Broken Matt Hardy. Well, first of all, with Broken Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy had so much room to do so many different things with the character with with the broken character. And you know he you know he brought in Senior Benjamin, he brought in Vanguard One, he brought in of course Rebby Sky, you know Rebby Hardy rather, and 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 uh, and, and uh, King Maxwell, and you know even his you know even his son got over. But <laughs> I just don't see, I I just don't see all of that creative power. You know, in the WWE, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't think it's going to happen, and it's going to be under the WWE stamp. It's going to be restricted. Uh, it's not going to be as humorous as it was. Uh, I don't see any just random segments, which I hope it does. I mean, I, I really think here's the thing. I really think that because we're we're three and a half, we're about three and a half months out from WrestleMania at this point. And that doesn't. I mean, that's that's not a long time at all to stretch to stretch an angle. Three, you know, three and a half months. So, I think I really, really think that they should. And I've said this many times on the show. I've even, I've even written about it as well. I really think that they could stretch out this angle. I, I really hope that they do. They I don't Hopefully see anything do. for Bra- I don't see anything for Bradmania. I don't see anything nope. for Matt Hardy at Mania, especially if he's going to do this Woken gimmick. And if he does it at WrestleMania, the best person to do it against 
is Bray Wyatt. Is Bray Wyatt. Now you could yeah. argue you you could argue Kane, you know, perhaps. Uh, Hardy versus Kane. If they're gonna give Kane a spot, I don't mind Woken Matt Hardy versus Kane, but I would much more prefer for it to be Hardy versus Bray. And I've said that. As soon as Jeff got injured, I said they yeah, they need they need Bray something to do. And because I don't see him in any type of championship role, any type of prominent role at WrestleMania. So that would be a best a better way to do it. They can add so many more layers on this thing. They can bring in Rebby. They can bring in Vanguard. You know, they can bring in Senior Benjamin. They can bring in all of those layers. This is what I would do. I would I would do. Um, I would do uh, Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray at, at Royal Rumble, and I would have Bray beat Matt Hardy. And if and, and I would have Bray beat Matt Hardy, I would have them like you know put him in like a couple of Sister Abigails. Right. Have, have Matt Hardy be gone for like a few weeks. And you know you can easily have you can easily have Bray just you know be in some random feud with you know like Apollo Cruz or Titus O'Neil or something for a few weeks. Right. And yeah, then, they're not doing anything else. And, yeah, exactly. And then you bring in Matt Hardy like a uh, surprise return. You you know you you do it on a February or even March. You have him come back as a surprise return. And that's how you put, you know, that's how you kind of put that over to to add the layers up and have Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I think it'd be, I think it'd be perfect to to do that at that time. And you could even have Brother Nero. Yeah, just so you could even have Brother Nero. Yeah, and well, Bray's going to lose regardless, but it doesn't matter who it goes. He leaves every mania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I literally come to think about it. I don't think he's won a single mania. He's lost against. He hasn't. Um, Taker. Last year, lost against Orton. He lost against Taker. He lost against Cena. And I think that was, he's in. He's been in three manias because, um, the year before that, I don't think he was in a he mania. Because that was the one that The Rock beat uh, uh, Eric Rowan in like a few seconds like six seconds or nine seconds or something like that. Yeah. He came out with them, but I don't think he was in it because he was uh, injured because I think they were kind of teaming yeah, him and injured. Brock. Um, and he became injured and he came out with them and, and Rock uh, beats uh, Eric Rowan. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see that. Um, got a comment. Gennaro says they're going to water Matt. They're, they're going to water Woken Matt Hardy down. Because no one gets creative control in WWE, but Vince. That's exactly right. That, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Tough so Jericho. I, I think, Jericho uh, is creative control. Yeah. Uh, Antoine says they need to put Bro and Bo and Bray together. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. Hey, why not? Really he's not doing anything else. Nah. I mean, he's with the Mistrage. I don't really don't. That won't do. They wouldn't do anything if they put them together. They'll just be two two jars instead of one. All right, here we go. Who did Hulk Hogan eliminate to win the 1990 
Royal Rumble. Who did Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan eliminate to win the 1990 Royal Rumble? Open the cockpit door, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that's, that's not a hint. Of, that's not a hint of who it was. It just made, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. Uh Julian asks, uh, what do you think about the upcoming pay-per-view clash of champions? Uh, we'll be getting to that here in just a moment. Um, I think it's a decent pay-per-view. It's, uh, you know, it really doesn't do too much uh, for anyone. It's just kind of a throwaway pay-per-view. Um, got yeah, a couple of answers, and they are they are wrong. Uh, Macho Man and the Big Boss Man are the two answers so far. And <laughs> That is incorrect so far. Uh, so yeah, I think that um, that's basically uh, with with the with the clash and just with with the Matt Hardy thing. Um, I think that uh, Roman Reigns and Cesaro was a fantastic match. I wrote about it. Austin put it over, um, and uh, you know it's one of those things that Roman Reigns he's getting cheered now by himself. You know, and, and people it's like people want to hold on to not liking Roman Reigns, but. He's putting together some really, really good matches. So it's, it's really tough to, to, to bet against them nowadays. Um, so, you know, the, the last segment between uh, uh, Braun Strowman and, um, and Kane uh, was, you know, it was okay. I mean, I think, um, I think that that's, I mean, the double count out, I called it. I knew that that was going to happen. Um uh, because I knew there was going to be a uh, triple threat match because they don't want to um, have Strowman. Def- they don't want to have Lesnar defeat Strowman again because uh, he just did uh, a couple months ago, uh, two or three months ago, whenever that, whatever that um, that pay per view was. That he, um, I think it was was a TLC perhaps that he. Uh, uh, what was Lesnar versus Joe? Lesnar versus Joe. Because I know that he, because uh, I know that Lesnar Joe was um, Great Balls great of ball fire, fire, which no mercy. Lesnar Joe, no mercy. Yeah, it was no mercy. All right, so let's see here. Do we got a got the right answer? Yes, we got the correct answer. Great job. The correct answer is. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. All right. All right, so let's uh let's get to the flavor of the week, ladies and gentlemen, the top 5 uh WWE moments of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now go. time for the flavor of the week. All right. So uh we'll, the live stream can do can do yours as well. Um the top five moments in WWE history, you can uh go you can go right ahead and, and let us know your your top five. So who do you have in raw history and you got a little, number five? The top, little, little, the top five moments in raw history. Number five. Uh, number five for me, I'm not picking all the, the, the certain ones I didn't pick because everyone was gonna say it. For me, uh, my number five is Kane on the mask game. He went against RVD. He on the mask game. So it was a very, very big of a <laughs> deal. With the terrible paint jobs. 
terrible makeup. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the you know Jim Ross commentary was great. Um, no, I, I like the terrible paint job and the little hair. It added an effect. I kind of wish they would have kept him looking grotesque, kind of like Jason. Um, there you took the mask off instead of just having them clean shaven and all of that. But uh, to me, it can't unmask him. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Henry versus the Big Show. I think that was SmackDown. Was that SmackDown? That's a Raw moment? That it was a Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so SmackDown was... Um, Brock and show for sure, and Braun and show was raw. Hmm. So that was raw as well. All right, number number five for me. Shane McMahon purchases WCW. Um, you know, the last night of WCW, uh, yeah. Vince McMahon comes on the screen, and um, and then at the end of the day, Shane McMahon walks into the uh, Panama. City, well, Panama, um, the Panama edition of Raw, of uh, they're in Panama, I think they were. Yeah, um, Panama City. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. The, the edition of Nitro walks in there, and um, wow, just uh, it was incredibly surprising. And then Lock and, Turtle uh, Neck. Chain, What's that? So Shane and Lock Turtle Neck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So he purchased WCW, well, quote-unquote purchased WCW. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. Number four. Number four for me is Taker back in the old days of Raw. My Undertaker got his face crushed and his orbital bone got crushed and it was a sheet by Mabel and Yokozuna. That was uh, yeah, one of the few cool. times... Taker got beat up and literally got left, got left. And this is what ended up spawning Taker with the mask, the little Phantom of the Opera mask. So, for me, that's the number four. Like I told everybody listening, I will not be picking any of the uh, the, the common, you know, the, the, the common ones that everybody's going to say. I'm picking some different ones for me. Brian says, one, two, three, kid beating Razor Moan. That's a really, really, really good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. That's a really good one. Great job. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, Undertaker versus Brett Hurt with special guest referee Shawn Michaels. Was that one? Undertaker. Brett Hart was. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a pay per view. Number four, Rock. This is your life. Uh, one of the highest, I think still is, the yeah. highest-rated segment in, in WWE history. Um, yeah. They tried to do it again with, uh, I think, Foley and Cena, and it was just, it was terrible. Oh, yeah, that was, oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. That was so bad. Cena, this is your life. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, but the Rock one was really, really good. Really, it was really, really good, and um, the highest segment in Raw history, and the it was one of those things that, you know, it, it it probably wasn't. I don't think the WWE kind of intended it to be like the biggest segment in, in the history of the of the show, but it went over so well that it ended up uh, being just a, a wonderful you know segment and uh, still memorable to this day. Number three. Number three for me, 
I don't mention this, people are going to be all remember this. When HBK collapsed after getting Owen Hart's insecurity. Remember when Owen Hart went against HBK, Cornette was the manager, and it was just building up Owen Hart's insecurity to be the knockout move. And this is when uh, Michaels was dealing with his issues with drinking. Owen Hart did the insecurity. Shawn Michaels collapsed, and the match ended. And it was all okay. It was perfectly done. Back in the day, we thought it was real good. The match was a no contest. Uh, the referees and everybody came out checking up on him. Even Jim Cornette and Owen kind of look, looking around like, what happened? I hope he's okay. So for me, that was uh, yeah. definitely three. Anybody yep. don't know it, Google. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. Um, Jeremiah uh, says, uh, Stone Cold, Steve Austin's beer bath. Uh, Brian says as well, beer yeah, truck. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's, uh, that's uh, Danny. Danny says Stone Cold versus Kane. Um, so I'm guessing that's yeah. the okay. So so Austin lost the uh, the the first blood match, and then they went against each other again uh, the, the next night. And yeah, and, and Stone Cold won. Uh, my my three actually uh, is shared with uh, with Justin um, Mick Foley when he won his fir- when he won his first WWE championship. Uh, big shout out what? to Tony Schiavone <laughs> when uh, <laughs> oh man oh yeah, uh, yeah I don't know what he said yeah. I don't I don't I don't remember what he said verbatim but what he said uh, you know and if you're watching if you're thinking about watching Raw Mick Foley's just won the WWF title you know and it's like <laughs> I'm just like. Why would you do that, man? Like, okay, I guess it's because I'm about to become a doctor in psychology. And it's just like when you give somebody that type of, um, when you tell, it's it's kind of like the hot stove. It's like kind of don't touch that, but some people are so tempted and, and, and just kind of curious to touch that. It's kind of like the, the curious hot the stove. Psychology. Yeah. And, and it's like, if you're telling me, don't watch Raw because there's a title change. I'm going to flip over to Raw to see the title change. I mean, I just think that, you know, I know that that was one of those things that came, as far as I remember, it came from Bischoff, but it's like, yeah. I don't, I just don't understand how someone in there, like, how someone could just kind of buy into the notion that someone would be watching Nitro about, I mean, I think, and he was saying it as they were going to commercial, if I remember. And so, yeah, you from for me to say, hey, don't watch, you know. And here's the thing: WWE is not even nowhere near competitive. Like Impact Wrestling is nowhere in WWE's ballpark, city, state, country. <laughs> but if for some reason. Impact Wrestling made the stupid decision to go head to head with Raw again, and somehow, you know, Corey Graves says, "Don't watch Impact Wrestling." Uh, Matt Seidel, I'm a big fan of Matt Seidel, but you know, if he says something like a Matt Seidel going to win to Matt Seidel, don't watch, don't turn the channel to Impact Wrestling. Matt Seidel is going to win the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Now, I know that Impact Wrestling is not to be compared to WWE Raw. Not even in, in no stretch. 
absolutely no stretch. But as a distant second place as Impact Wrestling is, I would still turn the channel to see Matt Seidel win the Impact Wrestling World Championship. So I just think that whole concept was just a ridiculous way to tell people not to watch Raw. And a lot of people say, a lot of people credit that moment as turning the corner to the Money Not Wars. And so, uh, you know, WCW never really got, uh, never really, uh, they never really recovered from that, really. Uh, and, uh, you know, it really turned the corner on things, and it was just a, it was just a bad idea altogether. What's your number two? Batista turning on Play Triple H. Um, Play the song, you there, brother? Uh, What's that? Yeah. Hey, yeah, two. I'm sorry, but sorry about technical difficulties. Number two for me is Vince gets the stunner for the first time. Definitely a memorable moment. Starts that stunner was so ugly. And Vince gets put in the stunner, he starts seizing up. <laughs> but uh, like once again, it was such a great build up. Uh, of course, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler doing a great job of commentary. Vince is sitting there and he's shaking. With that raw jacket or whatever you call that raw fleece, you need to bring those back. Them, them <laughs> raw jackets and raw fleeces used to wear. Yeah. But uh, that was one yeah. of the two moments Certainly. when uh, watching that live. And it's funny because I was watching Nitro, and I just flipped the channel back to Raw right where Austin went to kick and stun Vince. So I just made it. I was able to watch it on uh, live TV. Wow. Number two for me is. Uh... Uh, someone says Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. That wasn't on Raw. That was on No Mercy. Uh, we're talking about Raw history. Actually, that was a very good match, though. But we're talking yeah, about Raw. Uh, number two for me was the DX Invasion. Um, just a really standout moment for me. Uh, it just was really. It was one of those things like. I was a big. I was a big fan of kayfabe. Still a big proponent of kayfabe. Kayfabe is just you know is what wrestling needs to just really define itself. I mean, because you can't, you can't compare wrestling to MMA because there's no comparison. It's, it's a, a predetermined scripted, you know, sport compared to MMA, you know, which is uh, brutal and aggressive and not scripted. And uh, if you take the kayfabe element away from wrestling, what is it? You know, it's, it's, it's fake fighting. You know, it's, 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 it's people who, you know, high spots are real. You can't always tell people you can't fake gravity. People get hurt. You know, people, you know, there's there's so much athleticism with wrestling. But if you make it, if you take the kayfabe away from it, it's just like a, it, it's scripted. It's just a fake sport of people just getting hurt. So I don't think, yeah. um, you know, I, I think you got to do, you got to keep kayfabe in. And, uh, you know, with the DX invasion, it was, it was so like, since kayfabe was so big at that moment, it was like, "Wow, what is going on here?" Yeah, you know, and that moment just really drew, you know, the suspense of, "Oh my goodness, they're invading the other person's territory. How is this possible? How is this going on? It's it's, it's impossible." So, that was the type of feeling that I had with the DX invasion, which, you know. It was supposed to kind of elicit that feeling, and I think it did a very fantastic job at it. Yeah, I agree. That was a great moment, too. Uh, 
you know, was watching, was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? When they let him in, what's going to happen? Let me give you a drum roll. Uh, one. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. My number one for me personally, sometimes like, you know, see this coming, is uh, I want the old Stone Cold back. When uh, <laughs> Stone, <laughs> when Stone Cold uh, he did as he called it the Sting, I moved when uh, Stone Cold was moping and was uh, depressed, and Elias was beating up everybody. And Stone Cold, and I thought one, one, one of the best roles, the the whole role, the storytelling of. Austin going down on the dump, so Austin finally came back and did the save and saved WWS and put everybody in the sun. That was great. One of the biggest pops I've seen on Raw. And, you know, we call it like the whole Sting treatment when Sting would come out, save WCW. Um, for me, that's my number one. Of course, there's a lot of other ones in the middle of Trump, Gizamboni, and I guess I didn't want to pick a top five that everybody else, and you know, you the fans will pick a lot of the, the common ones. But um, this one, this one, number one. Definitely, uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, uh, here's a couple of questions going on. Who did Ronnie Garvin defeat in a submission match at the Royal Rumble 1990? Who did Ronnie Garvin wow. defeat in a submission match at Royal Rumble 1990? Um, that question is on deck. Uh, when I do my number one, you have until when I'm done with my number one. Um Stone Cold takes over WWE Corporation. That's a really good one. Uh, Pillman, the Pillman uh, segment with uh, with with uh, with uh, Austin. That was that was really good. Justin uh, said something about that. Um, yeah, so that was a very very interesting segment. All right, so here's my number one. Here we go. Countdown, August 1999. Rock is in the ring, doing his, doing his rock stuff. And all of a sudden, the countdown comes on. Yeah, it was great. We've been seeing a countdown to the millennium for a number of weeks, and we were thinking that didn't really match up very good. They didn't. That didn't really do. The countdown to millennium doesn't really make sense because the millennium is at the end of the year and the countdown is reaching August the 9th. So August 9th comes around, the countdown's off, goes to the five, goes to four, goes to three, goes to two, goes to one. And here comes Chris Jericho. So very good. Um, it was absolutely. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, got a someone said Jeremiah asks who is Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies Google and gentlemen. It. You know what? I, I, just I just saw Ronnie Garvin. I just saw Ronnie Garvin two weeks ago. Ronnie Garvin. Who is Ronnie Garvin? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I gotta give a shout my out son, to, uh, my, to. Gotta give a shout out my to my son the great Elijah. Ronnie actually Garvin. took a picture with Ronnie Garvin. Yeah. Oh, he did. To who? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He my son a... Elijah, he took a picture with Ronnie Garvin. Yeah. Did yeah. he know? Did he know who he was? He looks great. 
No, my son's five. Yes, yeah, so he, he has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> What's your daddy total? Uh, He's just a wrestler. I said, Mr. Ronnie. Uh, I said, hey, there's Mr. Ronnie. And so uh, I talked to Ronnie Garvin for a while. He is a very nice guy. And um, I said, that, uh, do you mind if my son takes a picture with you? And without hesitation, he said yes. He was so for it. And, uh, and, and, you know, he started talking to my son, and I said, you know, say hi, Mr. Ronnie, and he said, hi, Mr. Ronnie, and Ronnie Garber started talking to Elijah, and uh, they were having a conversation together, and uh, took a picture together, and that's that, and it was great times. <laughs> Here's the answer, Greg Valentine, Greg Valentine, who, that's who Ronnie Garber defeated. All right, quick lightning question. Who did Big John Stud eliminate to win the 1989 Royal Rumble? Who did Big John Stud eliminate to win the 1989 Royal Rumble? And the answer is not Ronnie Garvin. Uh, Ryan says, uh, what, you don't know who Garvin is? Wow. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Um, (laughs) I agree. Uh, oh man, um, yeah. Uh, you don't know who Ronnie Garvin is. Uh, watch the WWE Network, and they they even pay me to plug the network. But that that right there, that deserves a network plug. Watch the network if you don't know who Ronnie. Actually, uh, if you want to watch Ronnie Garvin stuff, watch some old NWA stuff. Right? Go to YouTube, not yeah, the network. Okay. He didn't. He, he was very old. Daily Motion. He was. Yeah, when he was the hands of stone in the WWE, he wasn't. He, well, he was rugged. Well, he was the hands of stone in the NWA. Rugged. He was rugged, Ron Garvin, and um, and in in WWE, but he he didn't do he didn't do too well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the predictions for class of champions and a couple more and a couple more trivia questions as well. All right, class of champions, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to start off with a trivia question real quick. Uh, the answer of that previous trivia question is just a good job. Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Got a couple more. Who was the very first entrant in Royal Rumble history? Who was the very first entrant? Put this up here again. Who was the very first entrant in Royal Rumble history? Very first entrant in Royal Rumble history. All right, so uh, let's start with the Bludgeon Brothers versus Breezango. Who you got? Uh, the, the, the brothers. Owen and Hopper. Owen and Hopper. Yeah, of course. Bludgeon, the Bludgeon Brothers. I agree. All right, so Charlotte Flair and Natalia for the, the Lumberjack or Lumberjill match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Right Clarity, uh, this is your word. You just said the tickets. I'll be there live and get you live. Thanks on that. I got Charlotte. Charlotte as well, I agree. Uh, Corbin versus Rude versus Ziggler for the U.S. Championship. Uh, I got Charlotte give me the Rude. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I say 
I say Corbin because I think you know, I think the Ziggler's there kind of like the Kane role. This is the fall guy. Yeah. They're going to set up for Drew versus Corbin in the one one on one and the Brood in one of the um, let's do Uso versus uh, well, 12 Days versus The New Day versus Benjamin and Gable versus Rusev Day and Aiden English. <laughs> Rusev Day. Uh, I love Rusev Day. Um, 12 Days. The Usos are how to say team right now WWE. Keep with the titles of Mania. Yeah, but you know, they, they've been doing those title changes just willy nilly nowadays. Hmm. Yeah, I think that I think the Usos just because I think they'll do Usos versus New Day. I think somehow we'll see Usos versus New Day at Mania, and New Day win at Mania. So I think that uh, Usos win now. Uh, correct answer, Bret Hart. Good job, great job, Justin. I see the correct answer there. Last trivia question before we close the show tonight. Who won the 1988 Royal Rumble? Who won the 1988 Royal Rumble? And uh, let's get to the... Uh, yeah, so the pre-show is Ryder versus uh, Um so, uh, There's Who do you have winning that one? Uh, the Ryder. Uh, I got Mojo winning. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to yeah. kind of sell this turn. All right, so Orton and Nakamura versus Owens and Zayn. Who do you got? Uh, if, uh, uh, so, so Shane and Daniel Bryan are the special guest referees now. As of yeah, Daniel Bryan's going to turn heel. Daniel Bryan's going to turn heel. And uh, Owens and um, Zayn is going to win. Real quick, if you want to make Sammy Zayn a heel, why give him the same music and the same pipes? Can we at least get something different about him? Just looking at him, you would I not know any different. I, I, I think that's what they're doing, though. I think it's kind of working. I think he's like being the annoying type of Uber face type of heel. But, you know, it works. Um, Justin, great job. Brian, great job. Michael, great job. Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan. Trivia. We'll do more trivia next week with uh I think we'll do like ninety two to ninety five rumble trivia. Uh so I see I, I I've got some hmm see I've got Shane McMahon turning heel to help an Owen Zane win. That's what I think is what's gonna happen Which I don't want Shane to be a heel either. So. Uh and then we got main event. AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal. The Jinder Juice. Modern day Maharaja. Uh, yeah. Man, that's your voice. I'm so sorry. I will make sure that AJ Styles, you will not have that WWE Championship past the class of champions. I will get my title back Man. because I am the modern day Maharasha. Uh, I never knew you could see any man's neck veins between Sad Randy Savage and Jinder Mahal. Right. Uh, Battle of the neck veins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I want, I want to see AJ. I have, 
I have bigger neck veins than you, and I will make sure that you will know because I am the modern day Maharaja. Yeah, AJ. Hey, 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 real quick, oh, look, look, at Mahal, look at Jenna Mahal's hair before he wrestles and after. There's so much of a difference. I say AJ, but I won't be surprised if uh, Maharaja wins. <laughs> yeah. You got winning. Uh, AJ. I got AJ winning. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Justin says, I think Brian's going to turn to set up Daniel versus Brian versus Snake McMahon and Mania. See, that's the thing. I think that they may do Brian versus Shane, but as of now, he's not cleared. So, you know, uh, that's what I don't understand what the turn's going to be. I think it's one of those things. I think it's a red herring. I think we, I think that uh, it, it's it's looking too much like Daniel Bryan's going to turn. So that's why I think Shane's going to turn. Uh, and I think that somehow this was all a ruse to try to take Daniel Bryan. I mean, I, can, I think the angle is probably we want Daniel Bryan out. We want, them, we want him out of his general manager role. And so we pulled all this to try to get him out or something something crazy like that. Um, but I, I think it's, it's looking too much like Daniel Bryan's on the turn, so that's the reason why I'm just, I'm just really neglected to, to, to say that that's going to happen. Uh, Rick, uh, he was cleared, um, but the, there's, there's one doctor in WWE that has the, the final call, and that hasn't been that hasn't been done yet. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much um, for a wonderful show, 298 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much to Sawyer Fulton, from a former NXT City member, coming on the show tonight. Got some awesome interviews yeah. coming up, uh, and we got 300 episodes. Our celebration in a couple of weeks uh, at the end of the year. I uh, thank you so much for continuing to support the show, and we love you all. God bless you all on behalf yes. of Evan Tech Proud from Underdemand Radio. Love y'all much. You all have a great Good night, money, and God bless. <laughs> have a good night. Google Roddy Garver, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> have a good yeah. night. God bless. Goodbye. <laughs>